Selling Studios, powered by RumbleOn.com. It's time to take you behind the scenes in Smashville. That's a cross. He scores! This is the Preds official podcast with Thomas Willis and Brooks Bratton. Powerful move from back of the net. On Smashville's best sports talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. Hello, everyone. It's the Preds official podcast on ESPN 1025. The game is streaming right now on the game Nashville app. For more about the show, to rate and subscribe, go to NashvillePredators.com slash podcast. For Brooks Bratton to my left, he's of NashvillePredators.com. To local hero Calvin, our producer. And then for me, I'm Thomas Willis, also of NashvillePredators.com. Brooks we still have some chocolate chip cookies in our mouths because <laughs> this is a momentous occasion, as they say. It is. We need the uh, Sarah McLaughlin music. Yeah, so Calvin Smith, a local hero. You know him as many things. Producer, <laughs> he's moving on. He is. Giving us officially more producers on this program than <laughs> actors who played Bobby Draper in Mad Men. <laughs> I, think I thought you were just going to say host. <laughs> that would have fit, too. Yeah, so, I mean, Calvin's ready to speak here. I just don't understand the reference at all. I, I, I'm, so, so, I'm so sorry. I know many won't. I actually, yes, I follow multiple Instagram accounts that cover Mad Men. Yeah. I think there were nine, technically nine actors that played Bobby Draper over, over the course of a seven-season show. They just couldn't find one guy. <laughs> I think Calvin might have be our longest tenured, right? It's close. I believe I took over towards the end of last season. It's been about a little over a year, a over a year. like a so year and two yes. months. And then Josh Upton probably two, and then just many other names that I could, I could, I probably could not name all our producers. We've had a lot of fill-ins, so from time. But Josh and Calvin have been the constants. have been the mainstays. Anyways, Calvin, we're Calvin excited. is we're, our Bobby Draper. Yes, he's kind of the one that you're familiar with. <laughs> he's more of a Sally Draper. He's, he's sure, been there sure. for a little while, um, but we're excited for him. This is on Twitter, so I'm assuming I can say this. He yes. is going to Nashville SC, your local MLS club. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, bigger and better things than this whole podcast. He's, we thank you for your time. He's staying here. And Calvin, we can't do it now, but when uh, the situation allows, we owe you a dinner. Yes. We will take you to... Oh, wow. Still owe Josh a dinner, actually. Still owe Josh a dinner. <laughs> so no way. He's still listening to this. Add it but. to the list. <laughs> I'll take the rain check, and it's been super fun, gentlemen. I'll save the tears for after the uh, show. Yes. <laughs> That's what the chocolate chip cookies were for, to well, help yes. us through this first segment. We're at the beginning. you still got to push a lot of buttons, so don't yeah. screw anything yeah, up. Yeah, don't quit yet. Uh, hey, we're eight full weeks into the pause of the NHL season. We have some updates from the league on here, episode 85. Hey, an interview with former Predators captain Mike Fisher. Coming up in a bit. Excited about that. Checking in with some of our Swedes, Matthias Eckholm and Philip Forsberg. We talked to them earlier in the week. Also, some Triple OT and Golden Classics memories to get to, and some Twitter questions too. And it is raining, it is freezing. Doesn't matter. Thomas still in shorts and a t shirt. <laughs> with a little surfers on my shirt. Never ceases to amaze me. I have three layers on and I am freezing. But anywho. <laughs> We both work in a sport covered in ice. Sure. Uh, eight full weeks into the pause here of this NHL season, as we said. Uh, the the news that came down here on Friday, May 8th, as we record this, is the NHL has announced the postponement of all 2020 international games, and that includes the 2020 NHL Global Series that the Preds were scheduled to participate in. They would have finished training camp in Bern before facing off against the Bruins in Prague 
to start the next season. The NHL and the NHLPA did say, however, that they look forward to hosting international games again in 2021. So no further details on that. We hope, maybe not expect, but hope that the Preds would be involved once more. Perhaps they just roll everything over Mm -hmm. into the next season. Again, we don't know that for sure. Uh, But we do know that the Predators will not be headed to Europe in the fall. And Thomas, I would say that of all the weeks that we've been in this pause, I guess about two months now, I would say that this week, at least from an NHL, an official NHL standpoint, this has probably been the quietest week as far as news on what is going on is concerned. There really hasn't been a lot from the league or the PA, but there still is some information coming out, including on the draft and what we might see uh, if and when the NHL is able to resume this season. Mm -hmm. I think our primary sources have been quieter until the end of this week. But what has that allowed us to get? Well, just more rumors, just more experts (laughs) and analysts saying, well, this is probably happening Um, quickly on the global series. I think, yes, you super disappointing. That was going to be the, the big next thing for the Predators coming off the, the Winter Classic and the All-Star Games, the Stanley Cup Final, all those great events. They basically have had some marquee or some very special thing to point to every season. I think we all saw that coming a, a little bit with just some of these changes. I guess if you're trying to find a positive, and again, it's disappointing. There's not, an, there's not a whole bunch of them. But I think if you're going ahead and making that decision, does that perhaps imply that the league is looking more at how they're wrapping up this year and then the next one as well? Again, we've talked about on this program, maybe the 2021 season doesn't start till November or December. So that was already essentially going to eliminate a trip to um, Prague and then burn in September and October, that sort of time frame. So if you're going ahead and making that decision, yes, I know that COVID-19 is the number one reason, but is there a secondary or tertiary reason in that? Well, maybe this is because they're kind of finalizing what next season is going to look like. Maybe I, I, again, that's my own personal interpretation. I'm not trying to report something here, but I thought I was like, well, you know, kind of interesting. They went ahead and made that decision. Maybe Mm -hmm. they're formulating their plan a little bit more. Sure. So again, on, on the draft and on potential resumption of the season, we mentioned last week that all of a sudden there had been a lot of talk on potentially having an NHL draft in June, which would be unprecedented considering the fact that the season is not over yet and the winner of the Stanley Cup, the way that things play out in the playoffs, determines the draft order. So that would be something totally different. Uh, Friend of the show, Pierre Lebrun, tweeted just a couple of hours ago as we record this on Friday afternoon from NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly in regards to the draft. The deputy commissioner said it's just one of many matters that are being analyzed and worked on. There is no urgency to reaching a decision on this, at least currently. So I would say that last week we almost kind of expected maybe a decision this week on whether the draft would go ahead in June because the NHL has said they would like to have about a month time to prepare for everything. And we were thinking maybe it was an early June draft. That doesn't appear to be the case, at least not right now that the league is not in a huge hurry yeah. to figure something out on this as well. And I've seen some via experts and analysts reporting from their sources, other NHL executives that, you know, there was some clamoring against that. People saying, you know, why, why are we doing this? Like, why would we kind of force this to be done? I, I truly can see both sides of it. Um, one more from LeBron. Um, sounds like the AHL, the American Hockey League, maybe as soon as Monday. So before we speak to you next may be at a point where they want to go ahead and cancel the rest of their mm-hmm. season officially. They're, they're meeting and deciding on that as well. So that would leave the NHL as the only remaining hockey, again, major 
Hockey League because the KHL has already done that, um, you know, on pause, on, on potential to return. So we'll see. Again, I, I still think that there's a lot of reason why that happens for the NHL, but I get it from an AHL perspective. It just would be yeah. too much to try and get it done. So, Which we all know how amazing of a season the Milwaukee yeah. Admirals were, were having, which would really be a shame. But, uh, of course, there's lots of things that uh, need to be postponed and canceled in this time. So, yeah, stay tuned for more information on that. And then another friend of the show and Sportsnet insider Elliot Friedman said in his 31 Thoughts blog, which, by the way, if you're not reading that, it's a must-read every week on sportsnet.ca, said that he personally is believing, and he's about as plugged in as anyone to all of this, the league may choose to get rid of the rest of the regular season and go straight to a 24-team playoff tournament. This is something that had kind of been rumored mm-hmm. probably about a, m- a month ago, six weeks ago even, I would say, is one of the earlier ideas I think that was being thrown around, at least by people who speculate on this kind of thing. Yep. But maybe that starts to get some more ground now because just a week or two ago, I think the league was really quite optimistic that things could be getting going sooner rather than later. And that's not to say that they're not still optimistic, but it almost kind of seems like we're in a holding pattern right now. It all goes back to the that original part of the equation, which is the teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. From all these scenarios that we've discussed, it just does not make sense not even just from a COVID-19 perspective, but predominantly from a long-term injury perspective Mm -hmm. or even just financial perspective for these teams that are ranked 27 through 30 to come back, put their stars on the ice. That's going to affect how the regular season is played out to begin with anyway. Well, Drew Doughty from the Kings essentially said that a few weeks ago, that he's one of those guys who's on a team, like you said, in L.A. that's at the bottom of the conference. Why come back and play 10 meaningless games? And then even if you do, do you really care if you're the Los Angeles Kings? And then does that give an advantage unfairly to another team that's playing them, right? Like the Predators don't. They've completed their season series with the Kings. But in this hypothetical, if they've got three games left against the Kings and they get an easy six points because the Kings don't care or they're scratching, you know, oh, Drew Doughty has a hamstring injury. He's not going to play, which it's like wink, wink. We know that he actually Mm -hmm. could, but he doesn't want to. Well, how is that fair to like the Jets or the Wild who are around the Predators in the standings having to play against other teams? Mm-hmm. So I think that's just one more reason to point to, not even just the 24-team tournament, but just as we hopefully and possibly move toward these like special sites and cities housing more teams, it probably makes more sense to have that be a condensed group. Mm-hmm. So then, again, you could argue for the rest of this segment and the rest of this show about well, then, if those teams don't have to come back that are way down in the standings, is that a distinct advantage for next season? And who knows? Again, well, I think we all just are in agreement. Hopefully, if you're listening to this program, you probably are of this mindset. You want sports back, you know, safely and as fast and as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And we'll we'll sweat teams, you know, 26 through 31, <laughs> 25 through 31 another day. I will say this also from Friedman. I thought this was very interesting. I had not heard this lengthy of a time frame. He said the NHL and the PA agree that they need or would want 45 to 50 days of an offseason between the playoffs of 1920 to the start of the 2021 season. It's almost two months. Mm-hmm. That, that's just crazy to me that, again, and that's 
in this scenario, probably when you would do free agency, when you would do the draft even probably. Well, yeah, if, if you don't do the draft ahead of time, or, you still need free agency. You still need time for arbitration. Yeah. There's there's a lot oh, of – do, you, do you try to squeeze in some sort of rookie camp or development camp depending yeah. – I mean, there's a whole slew of different things that could come up that you would maybe want to try to squeeze in in the off season. And, oh, by the way, how about a little bit of time off? If you're competing all the way right. to the Stanley Cup final and then jumping right back in. Right. And that's why I think, I think we're all of this mindset, but we just have to assume that if there is going to be a finalized product for the 1920 season, it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Because I just don't see a way, or at least a likely way, let me say that, that there's going to be a full two month playoffs of 16 teams playing best of seven series. Then two more months break before the next season. Like if it were to go to a twenty-four team example, like I think you would use play-in games or mini series or some other way to kind of conclude the regular season or conclude you know your official standings. And that and that's why I'll just be interested to see how that works. To me, it kind of does make the most sense to look at you know for example the Central Division and say, okay, this team or that team namely the Chicago Blackhawks, for example, are at the bottom. They're probably not going to make it. You know, they're out. I think they're close. They're like 12th in the West. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's let Preds, Jets, Wild, for example, kind of figure it out themselves. So then that way it's fair for those three as well. They're not sitting here going, well, we're the Jets, and we play two more games, and we're ahead of you. Well, we're the Preds, and we are ahead on points percentage. And then it's all teams that want to compete, all teams that are close. It's almost like a regular season. I'm using air quotes on that. And that's how you kind of tune up and get ready to play the playoffs as well. I think it's more likely we do something like that than, okay, you know, we're going to do best of seven series for the next three months because mm-hmm. that's a five-month process if you're adding a two-month offseason in there as well. So, ooh, it'll be interesting. But you're right. It's funny, like, we don't get as much from the NHL, but then, <laughs> then we just get to daydream and do more rumors, which yeah. are interesting to think about. Yeah, and who knows? We could have a heck of a lot more information on that very topic at this time next week, so stay tuned to see what changes in the next seven days. By the way, we also got a chance to talk to a couple of Swedes who also play for the Preds earlier in the week. Matthias Ekholm has been quarantined in Sweden with his partner Ida. Of course, Ida and Julie off ice with the Preds, Ida and Julie. Uh, a great podcast there as well. And their son, William, for the majority of the pause they've been over there. And then we also talked to Philip Forsberg, who chose to remain stateside and has been quarantined here with his girlfriend, uh, he says he now knows how to play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star on the piano, which saw a lot of people say on social media like they would be interested in hearing that. So we'll see. <laughs> Maybe we can make that happen at some point. Uh, but he's also been dreaming of getting back for another chance to play for the Stanley Cup. Here's what Phil had to say on the potential. If the league does come back this summer, how would he view that? Uh, no, I mean, you look at it as an opportunity. I mean, you, yeah, just in being in this league for <clears throat> numbers of years now, you kind of, have to relish every every opportunity we have to to get a chance to compete for for the Stanley Cup and and obviously <clears throat> at this situation like there's nothing that that we can do we just have to wait and see and, and let the people that that are in charge do what they what they know best but same time as a player you you want to get that chance to compete for it and uh, yeah so personally I the motivation factor is not going to be a problem at all it's just about being smart, like I saw somebody mention about injuries, obviously coming back, possibly jumping right into playoffs after a three, four-month break, whatever we end up being on, that's going to be different than 
and playing the playoffs, obviously, when you've been playing through 82 games and everybody is, is up and running. So I think there's definitely things to consider, but um, I would love to get a chance to, to compete for it. So there you go, Philip Forsberg saying the motivation wouldn't be an issue. And I think he, as many other players realize, you think maybe once you go to the final that you're going to get that chance every year. You really don't. And so a lot of guys look at this, and while there's all kinds of things going on, you're still thinking about the potential to come back and say, yeah, this is maybe one more year of my career that I don't get this chance if we're not able to do that. So good to hear from Philip. Good to hear from Matias. But uh, just another guy who thinks that the Preds could be in some good shape if they are able to come back. It's one of those things that you can argue both sides of it. For example, the Dallas Stars, I think, were on a six or seven game losing streak going into the pause. And the Predators had caught them up all the way to be with only four points behind them in the division standings. But then the Preds had won six out of nine, as we discussed with Kyle Turris last week. I think all that doesn't matter. We heard that from... Preds broadcaster Chris Mason a month or so ago that especially when it comes to the goaltenders like Pecorine and you say Saros I mean they've reset like it doesn't really matter per se anymore like it'll be back to square one maybe that's a good thing maybe it's a bad thing and that's what Phil was saying as well like it's a reset so is that good for a player who is underachieving is not up to his standard maybe or is it a bad thing because you know we were starting to get going we were starting to get hot at the right time I think Turris was saying that as well I think we'll all write those stories when the time comes, <laughs> for sure. Um, so it'll just all depend on you know what happens. And I think, I think you and I, and maybe more of us as we watch all this, the more you work in work in sports, you just start to realize like it's not as if you couldn't do it with one team, right? Like, or that team wasn't capable of doing it. I think the NHL today has so much more parity that I think we even talked about this with a recent guest. On a given year in the Stanley Cup playoffs, truly almost every one of those 16 teams could win it. And I think now that if we do expand to 24 or however the play-in games work, I think once you and I went through the 2017 experience, like sports just gets changed, right? Because now all of a sudden, every time you watch, especially I think of the NHL, just because of the journey that it is to get to the final, you always think of that team that lost, that won so much, and yet Essentially, it's as if it never happened, you know, like, and I even look back to last year. There's no way you could convince me that the Boston Bruins could not have won the Stanley Cup. I mean, they had a five, they had a three to two series lead, right? And then they just happened to lose in seven. The Blues, who've been trying for 50 years to win, like they changed their franchise. I look back on it with the Preds as well. You know, we know all the injuries and the calls and all of that. And it's just crazy to think you know all that it takes so it'll be interesting to see when these teams come back when they jump right into the playoffs who gets to define themselves who gets to be that team that won the craziest playoffs that ever existed in NHL history so yeah I think you can argue both sides of it whether it's good or bad for the Preds I think what we'd all agree on is that we want sports back and we're ready to see it soon I think another thing we'd agree on is that we'd be excited to talk to Mike Fisher in our next segment former Preds captain Um, he will join us next here on the Preds official podcast on ESPN 1025 the game Welcome back to the Predators official podcast here on ESPN 1025 The Game and streaming on the Game Nashville app. Brooks Bratton and Thomas Willis of NashvillePredators.com back alongside and we are pleased now to be joined on the phone by one of your former fan favorites here in Nashville, our former captain as well, Mike Fisher, kind enough to join us. First of all, Fish, good to talk to you. How is everything? Oh, good Good to be on with you guys. Uh, everything's going going all right 
um, you know, it's a little bit different for everyone. Kind of try to get used to the used to you know being at home all the time. But um, there's been a lot of a lot of positives too, um, being lots of family time and lots of good time together, which it can be sporadic for us. So that's definitely been a blessing. But everything really, I definitely can't complain. So. Well, I was going to say, because obviously you're no longer playing, but we had the chance to talk to you earlier in the week, and you were mentioning how mid-April rolls around, and even though you're not in it, so to speak, your your internal clock still kind of says, hey, this is playoff time, and there's nothing there to, to watch, of course. So how's it been from your perspective, only being a couple of years removed from playing, but still knowing a lot of the guys and, and kind of seeing what they're dealing with in a time like this? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to imagine being a player and, um, you know, you would never have thought this this would ever happen. And, um, you know, with the season in jeopardy and, you know, are they going to be able to play for the Stanley Cup? A lot of unknowns, which is really weird. But, um, yeah, you know, as the weather starts to get nicer and, um, you know, I think it was exactly like mid-April where you used to playoffs. And now, obviously, it's just watching, you know. Um uh, that was kind of a point where it's like, man, you just miss playoffs, miss watching. And um, so, yeah, I can't imagine the, you know, the guys are itching uh, to get going. There's no question, but there's obviously a lot of uncertainty. And, um, but we'll, we'll see here probably the next little next few weeks, hopefully what, what it's really going to look like, but who knows. You mentioned earlier, some of the hidden benefits of this quarantine and my daughter's 17 months old. And because of this, I've been able to see her have her first steps and, you know, some of the other milestones that I probably would have missed. So uh, I'm not necessarily saying walking per se, but for you and your two boys, I mean, how has it been to just be around them more and maybe even teach them things that you, like you said, you might not have the time for normally. Uh, that's been, it's been awesome. Really. Um, you know, we, we can all, as we all know, you, you get just, even though I'm retired, I still have a lots of stuff to do and you get busy and, um, but now it's waking up and it's like, Oh, we don't really have anything to do. What are we going to do? And so my older boy's five. So we've been trying to get him outside a lot. Um, you know, I got him clearing trails with me and chipping wood and try to get him outside every day if we can, if it's not raining to at least do something and, you know, we collect the eggs, feed the horses, and but those are the stuff that he'll remember. I'll remember too, and I think that are important. Our youngest is 15 months now, so he's walking around, and he loves going on four wheeler rides and getting outside. And um, but definitely, you know, I've been around Jacob more now. When I had Isaiah at, at Jacob's age, now I was playing, so I didn't see Isaiah as much. And but you notice just being around every day, Jacob. I mean, he does. He just doesn't leave my side when I'm when I'm at home, which is really cool. And it's kind of those bonding moments that are important for for a dad and their sons and and their mom and their sons uh, in our case. But um, yeah, those are some of the things that I'll always remember. And some of the little things that you don't, I don't know, you can take for granted too. But we've always talked about going on hikes and going down these creeks and you know doing all these things that we never seem to have time, but all of a sudden now we have time and we've been able to do them and and those are the things we'll remember and um that are really really important that's awesome so we from a hockey standpoint we talked about it earlier this week on on the website but we hit a milestone recently 
uh, an anniversary of sorts. It was a little over four years ago now, shortly after 1 o'clock in the morning on May 5th, 2016, game four, triple overtime, and in a split second, you find yourself with the puck on your stick right on the doorstep. Take us back to that moment in your eyes, triple overtime against the San Jose Sharks, and what is that like for you to think about now four years later? Well, I remember it was a, I think it was double overtime, you know, because I, you know, I guess I was 36 at the time, but one of the older players, I guess, say, but I remember I've never cramped. I don't ever remember in my career, you know, getting leg cramps. And I remember going up to one of the faceoffs. I think it was late in double overtime, and I was starting to cramp. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! This has never <laughs> happened. I'm like, well, so then I realized like how much I'd played, how tired I was. There's guys, I mean, uh, who knows how many minutes Yossi had played at that moment, you know. But um, anyway, so I remember how tired we were. But I also remember in between, you know, going through the Lexus Lounge after the second uh, overtime intermission and fans were just going crazy. And that kind of, I'll never forget that. I've never seen them like that ever. And the fans are right in it. And then, had the opportunity um score a goal and just in the right place at the right time and um you know it's is definitely a cool moment for everyone and one of the funniest parts of it all was watching the video after just seeing guys on the bench you know <laughs> falling on the ice and going crazy just fans reactions all that stuff's cool to look back on now and and uh kind of rehash that memory it was definitely one of the the best ones i've had um just because of you know how long it went and and then being in the playoffs, so it was pretty cool. Well, I remember Anthony Botetto was very proud of himself the next day for getting over the boards on the bench and not falling. Like you <laughs> yeah. said, it was was it? I think it was Solomaki maybe and Sissinsu. Definitely just Phillip. goes like straight down. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, I mean, if your legs are so heavy at that point, I mean, can you really blame them? No. No, no doubt. Everyone is so tired, and it's just relief. Like, I mean, it's just relief of this is over and we won. And, <laughs> you know, as yeah, it's, that's that's what it's. You know, you these guys are missing right now, or those moments in the playoffs that you can't. You know, it's just there's nothing like playoffs, especially in hockey. It's it's Stanley Cup playoffs to me is the best, and so hard it's grueling, and it's you know, it's just the best. Fish, over your career, you went to two Stanley Cup finals, and you, of course, concluded your time with the Preds as uh, as the captain, not counting that that second return after, after uh, re- your initial retirement. But when you kind of think back to some of the, the smaller moments, again, I, I'm not going to sit here and ask you, what was your number one moment in your career? But when you kind of think of those relationships that you made and just how your career went from Ottawa to Nashville and you know, how that shaped your, your family life as well, what kind of sticks out to you over those you know, more than a decade in the NHL? Well, there's a lot. There's, um, you know, when won the first playoff series against Detroit, you know, I'll never forget that and how cool it was and, um, you know, to be there. And, um, you know, uh, look back, at, it goes so fast, but all the players and coaches, you know, we've had here and good people and, um, you know, lots of, great events to raise money for charities you know there's no one that i've met that has played here that you know even guys after is like man nashville is unbelievable to play 
play for and you know guys on the road love coming to nashville to you know to be part of the city too and um so i got tons of great memories and i'm happy to call nashville my home now and um raise my family here and um you know i looking back on the trade it was one of the you know best things that's that's happened to me there's no question it was hard at the time and it came as a surprise but um yeah, I couldn't have come to a, a better place and always be grateful for David Poyle, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, the Nashville is, is home for us, and we love it. So. Former Preds captain Mike Fisher is our guest here on the Preds official podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Mike, before we let you go, a couple of fan questions that we had come in, and, and one of them kind of reminiscing back on some different things. Sarah asked, which former teammates maybe do you miss playing with the most? Former teammates. Well, um, got lots of lots of good friends, um, you know, around the league. One I got to know later in my career, Matt Cullen, and still keep in touch with him and see him. I got to go on a pheasant hunt with him uh, this past uh, winter and or fall, and so he's a guy that I really uh, really enjoyed playing with. And Chris Neal in Ottawa, and Wade Redden, Chris Phillips, Alfredson, those guys got to know but um there's so many guys that you know it's hard to keep up with them all but it's always good to see guys you used to play with you know running into Shea Weber and guys like that that are just so many good people in the game and uh it's always good to see those ex-players Megan asked if you've picked up any more books since the quarantine has you know rolled on whether you've been able to read a little bit more what's kind of stood out to you since you've retired on some top works that you've read well i did a lot of my reading was done actually on the road when you travel on planes and hotel rooms and so when you're at home i mean you know you guys you know with little one at home it's tough yeah because i'm chasing around you know 15 month old but um so i haven't got into any books during the quarantine other than um you know daily devotions and reading the bible in the mornings and um but I need to get into a book book here and really take the time. But as you know, it's hard when you're at home. But when I travel, I, I, I tend to read a lot more. So Awesome. And then one final one here, kind of a two-parter. Are there any, and maybe you don't have time, but are there any shows that you've been binge watching? And then any plans for Mother's Day as well? Yeah, we've been, we're, we're watching right now a Waco on Netflix, which, um, is really good okay um it uh i just remember back back in the 90s a story but i kind of forgot a lot of it till this so we've been on to that and um what else i mean we're we're always good for you know the bachelor bachelorette you know, <laughs> no way now on pause but you know i i'll admit it you know i don't mind watching <laughs> it it's not you know <laughs> but i like to see what when we're traveling, my wife will watch it, and then I'll, I'll I'll watch it, and that's how we really connect. We talk about these stories, these love stories, and you can, that's how I connect with my wife. We're able to give us something to talk about. So that's incredible. That's awesome. <laughs> you guys are like, is he serious? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, well. So so my wife, she watches it too, and I don't. So now I'm like, am I missing some like connection that I <laughs> yeah, should be having with her to recap yeah, the Bachelor? You are. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, I didn't know that. All right. There you go. Enough. See. Marriage advice from Mike Fisher. That's how we conclude this.
trying to think of other shows, but um, I love Dateline. It's probably my favorite show. Oh, yeah. We watch Dateline. Keith Morrison? Pretty regular, too. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> big big keith morrison fan well hey yeah. fish thanks so much for doing this we really appreciate the time and uh, all the best to you and the family glad everyone is is healthy and it was great to catch up with you and i'm sure thomas appreciates the marriage advice as well there you go <laughs> thanks for having me guys appreciate it 100 thanks for doing it Be safe. talk soon Bye. up next we'll take a look back at some of our triple ot and golden classics memories this is the predators official podcast on espn 1025 the game Predators official podcast. Who doesn't love some sexy saxophone? Welcome back to the program. Episode 85. We're over halfway through because we've spoken so much in the first two, but great to talk <laughs> to Mike Fisher. That doesn't sound like us. <laughs> great to talk to Mike Fisher, Brooks Bratton, and brand new fan of The Bachelor, Thomas Willis, back <laughs> alongside. Always good to chat to chat with Fish, and who knew that you'd get some great advice out of it as well? Well, I expected great advice. I just didn't know that would be the advice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Elizabeth will be very Watch. excited to hear that. Uh, sure, I know my brother-in-law John will for sure. He's also an avid watcher. <laughs> now that you have your power back, you can watch. Uh huh. Gosh, but what it's a- on break. I mean, so well, I have watched former seasons. I sure. Suppose. Yeah, we'll see on that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks. Uh, it's good to be with everyone here. We so we spoke with Mike about arguably one of the most memorable games, perhaps the most memorable game in franchise history, the triple overtime game, the win against San Jose. Of course, he gets the winner. And uh, always interesting, I think, to speak to players years removed from moments like that to see what really sticks out to them. Because when you go into the locker room just moments after it's happened, it's all fresh in your mind. There's all kinds of things that come out. So I'm always interested in what do you remember four years later and Mike saying how you know, I went up to the faceoff circle, I was just cramping. Mm-hmm. And well, and stories came out afterward that there was like fruit and other food that they were trying to eat. Grapes, grapes, and crap is what I think someone said. I think fish actually. Yeah, now that I think about it. Remember that I think it was Joe Pavelski. I know at least the Sharks scored in double overtime, and then the goal was called back. Yeah, no, yeah, you're the right. The game was over. The game and pretty much the series. No, was it was over. it was first overtime. First overtime. First overtime they they scored night because we just watched the highlights the other day. It was they mm-hmm. went to review Gord Dwyer called goal inter- interference mm-hmm. on the play, and that was back before the days of challenges and reviews. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I mean well, you were I guess. Uh, you were just we sit next to each other in the press box, and that may have been. Right. I mean, you know, rules of the press box: no cheering, no clapping, whatever. But I rules don't apply. I have so. all well. <laughs> Sure. I have always, I don't think you're like this, but I just for whatever reason, when we're at home, if we go into overtime, regular season playoffs, whatever, the press box is configured that it's not out of place if I stand. I have always just stood. Because we're on the front row. If we're Correct. in overtime. And so I, I, I just stand. And so, I mean, you're standing at that point for three overtimes, which is obviously nowhere near the exertion of energy that the players are giving out on the ice. But 
I remember thinking at some point, like you're going back and getting water to drink. And I remember thinking like, gosh, I wish there was some more food. I wish there was something I could munch on because it was it was one in the morning before it was over. Well, and you heard Fish talk about it. The reason the crowd was so amped and all of us who were there remember this. It was almost as if like we kind of replicated the first intermission for the first overtime. And then we kind of replicated the second intermission for the second overtime. And then it's like, well, now what do we do? So they just ran the whole open for the game again like they did the whole yeah, video that's right I they did the that. whole video the lights all of it it was almost as if a new game was starting yeah. and that's what he's talking about that's why the crowd was like let's do it well, I mean, we're doing this now well but i remember and and mike didn't say this just a moment ago but i do remember he said this after that season after we were asking about that playoff run and he said at the time they were joking that the fans in the Lexus Lounge, they must have reopened the bars yes. because the fans were so, so jacked up and ready to go. But yes. it really was amazing. I mean, you see NHL games that go until midnight or 1230 or one in the morning. Things people start, start pe- well, people start leaving. Right. There were, I mean, empty seats in the building. Not many. Yeah. Like, I mean, little kids. And then it was one about, about halfway through, I want to say. Ten nine minutes left. Yeah, uh, ten nine minutes left or so in the yep. third overtime, and then we left. Oh, so I'll and never we get to do the recap. I know. Well, <laughs> so I so I took a photo of my desk and I made sure to put the time stamp on the photo, and it was three twenty six in the morning when I took the photo at my desk to say that that was it. We were finally leaving, and then we were flying to San Jose the next day. So it was, I mean, and I remember going to the office first, so it was, it was go home and sleep. I don't know, maybe five, six hours, but I, I, you're still so, so long. Well, and you're still so amped up after that though. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, that was probably the one time that I'm like, okay, four or five hours of sleep. That's fine. Cause then you get to report on it again the day later and you're Mm -hmm. still so jacked up and energized from it that it, it really just keeps you going. It's crazy how many playoff games we've been to over the last five or so years. Yeah. A lot. You know? I mean, we've only been, it's only been once that. And long travel for some of them, too, because we've done two series in yeah. Anaheim. Yeah. We've done a series in San Jose. Well, and if you think about it, in the five seasons, it it was the the first year and the fifth year are the only two years that it's been done after one round. Right. Every other round you're going, or every is, other year you're going which at least two. A series takes about two weeks, so it's about a month. Yeah, every time. Yeah, spend some quality time in Winnipeg. Spend some, <laughs> <laughs> some quality time in California. We 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 know our way around some yeah. places. For well, sure and that. so when you work in this business, you start measuring your life in that. So we just hit three years of closing on my house. And then moving in, and it's it's always yeah. oh yeah, it was between the Blue Series and because we just hit the three year anniversary yeah. of the Predators winning in the second round to advance to the conference final for the first time ever. And I think I've shared with you in the past, like that one always means a little bit more to me, maybe even than the Western Conference final win because at that point it was like all right, let's just finish this thing. Mm-hmm. But in the Blue Series, it was like this has never happened before. Like this may be as good as it gets, just mm-hmm. getting to the conference final. And it's so funny because it's like yeah, we. And we were kind of figuring out the time, the timing of it, rather. But it's all back, like you said. You're playing a game or traveling virtually every single day. So it totally was like we closed on the house between, like, games three and four. Then we went to St. Louis, lost game five. We moved in, like, that day and then went back. And that's when game six was. It's just yeah. funny that that's how it works out. It was quite, there was a lot going on in your life then. 
And I'm just like, here we go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't have a child then, so I uh, thought a lot was going on in my that's life. That's true. Then. Makes it a little easier. Well, and then we've been replaying the Golden Classics, of course. So games three and four against Chicago have just been replayed. So you're on to round two. Uh, and just a quick memory, of course, Kevin Fiala. Yeah, so Fiala. that Blue Series is about to be replayed. Yeah, so Kevin Fiala in game three, the overtime winner. I'll never forget the shot of Jonathan Taves that uh, Fox Sports Tennessee mm-hmm. caught after that overtime win and Chicago goes down 0-3 and it's Jonathan Taves just exasperated. Like, what are we yeah. supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And then that game, that game four, the Smashville standing O in the second period leads immediately to Romaniosi's first goal off the faceoff. Yep. And you were feeling pretty good at that point. Just I every think. game in that series was close. I know two. I know game two was five to nothing. But even that took a while to get a lot of those goals. Mm-hmm. Like I think three goals came in what at least the third period. Yeah. So and the Preds didn't really pull away in game four until late. No, in the third not at all. Period. Yeah, not at all. Every every game in that series was close. It was a lot of fun looking back on that. So. Absolutely, it's it's nice to relive it in a much less stressful situation yes. that's for sure it sure well, we've already lost the years off of our lives so it's all good yep hey uh we'll be back in just a moment calvin's final segment here on the pop coming up right here on espn 1025 the game it's a mighty world we live in but the truth is we're only passing through the pop the preds official podcast on espn 1025 the game for brooks i'm thomas for calvin in his final segment he's brooks, passing through well if we never stop talking can he leave <laughs> unclear well he's gonna have a lot of edits to work well on, I, so. I was gonna say our gift to him was a particularly lengthy and difficult edit <laughs> of a show to put together i will say i'm just looking forward to in the group message when you guys re-listen to the show the 20 i will have on the yes. the time stamps yes. Yes. yes yes no not at the 917 mark actually the 916 and a quarter <laughs> mark if you'll go back yeah i'm actually going to intentionally mess up several times in this segment as well well good luck calvin he'll <laughs> never he'll never <laughs> leave <laughs> welcome back to the program yeah that Let's do it. As we wrap things up, uh, as we mentioned, the Golden Classics continue, so mm-hmm. we're on to the St. Louis Blues now. Yes. It took the Predators six games, my goodness. More Figure it out. Game. Yes. Please. But 3-0 and at home to improve to 5-0 and at home to start. Um, again, I watched a, a, re, a recap clip of the whole series, again, because we talked about the anniversary that was earlier this week. So cool to see all that. I mean, to start the playoffs 5-0. and mm-hmm. I remember it was a whole thing when the Preds did lose game two to the Blues and it was a bit controversial that there was a lot of angst and frustration. I think to tie this, I think Carrie Underwood retweeted someone that was like, "We just forgot what it was like to lose in the yeah. playoffs." So we're like extra mad about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think once the Preds were up three to one in that series, you had to feel pretty good about it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did Vern Fiddler score with Kevin Fiala's stick sure in did. Game One? He sure did. A story that didn't get told is. is as good as it should have, or as well as it should have at the time. Yes, yeah, so that in game one, Kevin Fiala breaks his leg, is stretchered off. Of course, that's the last time he'll play in that playoffs. And then right after that delay, I think it's about a 45-minute delay because we had to wait for the well, ambulance. That's, ex- that's excessive. Was it 25? It was closer to probably 15 or 20, yeah. Wow, it felt a lot longer than that to me. Well, look that up, loyal <laughs> listeners. It felt like 45 minutes. It did, yeah. We had to wait for the ambulance to come back into the building. And then P.K. Subban scored almost as soon as we started, we resumed play. And I remember that was big to kind of not let the momentum go away. And then you're right. And then Vern Fiddler had a thing where, like, if he wasn't scoring and he didn't think he was playing well, he just apparently would start grabbing teammates' <laughs> extra hockey sticks. I was like, I'm playing with this now. Mm-hmm. 
and had that little just poke check goal right over Jake yep. Allen. He just kind of reaches out and pokes it. Yep. And, and then and the run reminiscent of when Steve, Steve Sullivan, Sullivan scored. The running that, man. Yeah. Oh, it was phenomenal. Little and then Michael later Ruzioni. in the, Sorry, not to blame all this on Jake Allen, but later in that series, Cody McLeod is the one where he just barely tips it, and that was a yep. game winner too. Yeah. What are you doing, Jake? But, yeah, those are on Tuesdays and Thursday nights throughout much of the Southeast on the Fox Sports Network, so check those out. Um, if you want the whole schedule, go to nationalbrothers.com, which has a new homepage. So yeah. we're pretty proud of that. We're churning out good and new things, we think. Let us know what you think <laughs> about it. Um, but, yeah, it's easy to find because of the new homepage design. Yeah, yeah. The uh, virtual preds are also moving on. Yes. NHL 20 on to the conference final, yeah, On correct? to the conference final to play the St. Louis Blues. Those are basically every other night. Game one is Monday. In St. Louis, every game is at 7.30. It's like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, then Sunday. So I think, yeah, then we skip a day later on. But the first four games pretty much every other day. Be sure to check that out. That's on any of the Pred social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Mm -hmm. Come on over to Twitch. It's a fun community. Yeah. Calvin, I'm going to put you on the spot. Here we go. Do you have a favorite guest that we've spoken with favorite memory oh. a favorite memory over I'll ask your you a better question here. do you have a favorite host of the <laughs> favorite host <laughs> definitely have a favorite host I, I won't say which one until the end of the show okay great. oh so um the, the one with red hair definitely yeah. has one though <laughs> the favorite moment from the show favorite interview terry crisp a few weeks ago ah. that one was really fun he was yeah. so good i yeah. agree with that and I, we had waited a long time to have him on yeah. because we were around him so much that i don't necessarily think of like he'd be a great guest yeah i totally agree i would like in you the, see in, him every day you're like oh that yeah, guy that guy well i'm like in the interview i'm like man these are some great stories yeah be also growing up in this city like i was born in the same year the preds started so Pete Weber, terry crisp those people are just like i grew up with them on my tv or mm -hmm. on my radio or whatever so mm -hmm. then Getting to make a call to him, you know, as someone who's just 21 years old and still pretty young, that was super cool to me as well. Gosh, just you're only 21. <laughs> brings it all full circle. <laughs> he slipped that in there. Young whippersnapper. <laughs> nice and subtly. Nice and mm -hmm. subtly. All right. Well, we did have one whole Twitter question to get to. that we. In fairness, we didn't really ask. We asked but... for questions for Mike Fisher, I guess. Yeah. So we used all those. But yeah. one additional one from Rich wants to know if the salary cap were to stay flat, do we think that would change the team? Yeah, I think it would. Um, again, we'll see. I think Craig Smith is probably the most likely to re-sign with the team, but Mikhail Granlin, I mean, yeah. he may want to go elsewhere to make more money, and yeah. I totally get that. I mean, you only get to sign the big contract now, and so it's kind of unfortunate for him. It's a tough year all of a sudden to be a UFA. Yeah. So, and, and you've seen guys like Alex Carrier and Ben Harper, mm -hmm. two defensemen, sign two-way deals. because on, Right, because on the blue line we've got, um, I almost said Irwin, no. Holzer, <laughs> Weber, and Hamus all yeah. need new deals as well. Exactly. So do any of those guys come back? Are the Predators thinking that, mm -hmm. that maybe Harper or Carrier could fill in? Are they, you know, And then each guys? year that goes by, I think you're more likely to see a Pitlick, a, is Tolvanen finally ready? Mm -hmm. Like there's going to be some youth that they're going to want up here as well. Sure. Don't forget about Freddie Goudreau, still in the system. Freddie Goudreau still here. He needs a new deal. Yeah, yeah, for real. All right, well, for Calvin Smith, the local hero, the local producer, on to Nashville SC. We wish him the best. Any final words, Calvin? Go Preds. Ah, well said. <laughs> Go Preds. Hey, happy Mother's Day, by the yes, way. Yes, happy Mother's Day, of course, especially to my mom, my mother-in-law, and my wife. Um, three moms in my life yes. these days so my mom my stepmom my nashville mom lots of moms out there there you go we love them all we're grateful for all of you yes happy mother's day good word there brooks follow him on twitter at brooks braddon same on instagram at tommy willis yes you can follow me once again <laughs> on twitter. Back. it's back 
I've been unhacked after a week away. Follow at Preds NHL for the best Preds content first. Go to NashvillePredators.com slash podcast. Please rate, subscribe, listen to past episodes. We really appreciate it. We're grateful that you've stuck with us during this quarantine. Thanks to the former captain, Mike Fisher. Such a pleasure to have him on the POP. Go listen on Apple Podcasts, Google, TuneIn. We're available wherever you get your favorite podcast, which, of course, is this one. We'll see you later. We'll see you later, Calvin. Love you, moms. Bye, Calvin. <laughs>